Hello, everybody. Welcome to Three Point Perspective, the podcast about illustration, how to do it, how to make a living at it, and how to make an impact in the world with your art. I'm Jake Parker. I'm Lee White. And I'm Will Terry. And all three of us are professional illustrators. We've all worked for all the major publishers in the business. Together, we publish somewhere around 75 children's books. We've all taught illustration at university art schools. That is correct. Each week, we come at you guys with fantastic illustrator interviews or wonderful listener questions. Sometimes we agree. Sometimes we argue. But each time you learn something brand spanking new. Brand spanking new. I want to do a little bit of follow-up on my uh, Kickstarter that I announced uh, a couple of episodes ago. How's that thing going, man? It's going good. It's in that mid-Kickstarter slump where you're just getting a few backers every day Mm -hmm. and you're wondering the lull yeah and i actually had one day where i woke up and it and it said negative 25 dollars and i was like what i'm sorry about that (laughs) i was like spare that cash (laughs) like three people or two people canceled their pledges and i just i was like it's okay i can uh you know let's roll with this we can do this um but I wanted to point out something. We talk a lot about like what should an artist put their time and effort into as far as like social media and marketing and what really works. And I have some interesting data halfway through this Kickstarter that I want to that I want to talk about. So um, I posted on the day the launch of my Kickstarter. I posted um, about. Uh, uh, I posted on social media. I posted on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Threads, the new Threads thing. I did all of that, and I sent an email blast to to my newsletter. And I just want to run the numbers through with you, okay? So, uh, five hundred thousand people on Instagram following, fifty thousand on Twitter, forty thousand on Threads. It's a lot of eyeballs. It's a lot of lot of people. But here's what I made from Instagram in that first day. $238. From Twitter, $151. From Threads, $125. Okay, so so not... If you think about how many people follow versus how many people actually saw what I post versus how many of the people who saw it actually decided to click on a button and back it, uh, it's not not a very big percentage. Here's what came from from my newsletter. I sent out a newsletter to just shy of 10,000 people. Uh, 50% of those people opened it. And uh, the the amount that was pledged on the Kickstarter was $7,379. So what would be your big takeaway from that? (laughs) The social media uh, companies don't give you access to your followers. There's that. That's the conspiracy theory side. Of things. <laughs> <laughs> well, they but don't. They don't. You they don't put it in everybody's feed. Well, I th- it's the I weirdest think th- thing. I think there's a lot of followers. I think I do think you're right about that. Well, um, but I, th- I think there's a lot of what I would call light followers. Mm-hmm. They just have followed you, but they're not, they're not uh, invested in you and they right. don't truly care about what you're doing. And I think that's the difference of an email list is that if they're, if they want to, you know, if they're in enough to get that thing every month or however often you do it, they're probably right. more than a casual fan and they're more likely to convert. Exactly. You know, and I, I should probably say this too. It's probably smart 
the way they're running them is probably really smart because what they do is is um let's say you post something up there and it's dumb right if they yeah. gave you access to all of your followers and you you basically posted something bland or like a white piece of paper or something and mm-hmm. you, you clogged everybody's feed with that mm-hmm. then people are going to be less engaged on that platform and they might mm-hmm. you might your post might actually get them to click out like oh, i'm wasting time this is this is boring right. So they have to only promote the posts that are getting a lot of engagement. So they put it out to a few of your Mm -hmm. followers. If it gets engagement, they put it out to more Mm -hmm. and so on and so on. And um, so it's like the snowball rolling kind of thing. They want to wait to see what the snowball is first. You don't have the right to be boring is is kind of the way that I think they look at it. Which has created this sort of like arms race, attention race, right? Mm -hmm. For everybody. Like, you know, that's why you got uh, essentially the, on the extreme end, Mr. Beast, who's like, I just sent a super yacht to the moon <laughs> on a SpaceX Not rocket. that far-fetched for that. Case. Do you know the one, did you see the big hole that he that he dropped stuff in? Big yeah. and stuff. So when I saw the thumbnail, I thought, no, he's doing CGI or Click, something. Clickbait. Yeah. <laughs> And he actually did it. Like he, he dug a big cartoon <laughs> hole that's like a hundred feet across and like a hundred <laughs> feet down and just started throwing stuff into it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there was no hyperbole. Concept. There was no uh exaggeration here. It it just he did it. Yeah. So yeah. And and that's why I think you're you you aren't going to see another Mr. Beast because he's so far ahead of any other YouTuber that like who has the the budget, the inclination and the the creativity to like match him in right. that. I mean, you you might get like uh you know HBO might be like hey we're going all in on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, screw HBO Max uh, we're we're doing YouTube and we're gonna have the HBO website and or the H- HBO YouTube channel and uh, and we're gonna you know we're gonna put a we're gonna have a fifty million dollar budget for the year and then they could probably match what Mr Beast is doing but that's like a full on company with a budget. Right. Anyway, um, yeah. So that's that. That was one thing I just wanted to point out. If you're a trying to figure out where you should put your energy, your time, your effort online, I just want you to know that social media, the the people do have success on there, and they do. I'm not. You know, this might be an indictment on me as far as my ability to engage people online. You know, it could be that someone could have the same amount of followers as me and really be able to engage them in a, yeah. in a, in a proper way. Like if so, your, if your book was like naked robots, you know, <laughs> then it might, might get more clear. Well, most of them are naked. Uh, <laughs> no, but I get, <laughs> that's I true. Get They're saying. not wearing clothes. So, uh, but I have noticed in the past uh, year, a real, um, I guess I don't know. It's just scale scaling down 
of the ability to reach your followers. Um, I mean, in terms of my post engagement, same mm -hmm. images I was doing before process videos, it doesn't matter. I used to get, whereas I used to get, uh, 1500, then I started getting a thousand. Now I get 500 mm -hmm. and it's just kind of, I've just watched it happen over I know. the course I've, of the last year. It it's way different. I've seen it too. And I was thinking, Oh, it's, what am I doing wrong? Is it just me? And so I went and looked at like the top, you know, I, I looked at the the people who have like a million followers who are illustrators, who are artists. And I looked at their posts they did this week versus the post they did two years ago. And they mm -hmm. were getting way more engagement two years two years ago as well. Right. So mm -hmm. it's it's one of these things where I want you to envision um, a crowded Comic-Con floor, right? With a thousand booths and a bunch of people. And there's people hold on, walking hold on, by. Hold on, hold I just, on. I just entered that in mid-journey, so I don't have to picture it in my head. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so look at your mid-journey picture. Okay. <laughs> um, but... but Essentially, that's what social media is. It's a giant convention. There are a hundred thousand people there who aren't there to necessarily see you, but they know that you're at this convention. That's sort of like what a follow is. The people who actually come to your table and buy something is, you know, you might make two hundred sales in a day, maybe five hundred in a weekend. You know, if you're doing really good, is that about right, Will? With your uh, with your booth. How many sales would you say you made in a weekend? Like number of sales? Yeah, number of sales. I, you know what? I you know I didn't do the tick mark thing like you did. I never counted that. I only counted the money. Mm. Okay. So if our, I mean, I could figure that out. But well, I mean, like, whatever. Don't. I mean, don't break your brain. A good right show now. for us was a decent show was seven thousand up to mm -hmm. fifteen, almost okay. twenty thousand. And it was like fifty dollars per order. Thirty. $30 I'm sorry, 40, 40 was, a, we had buy two, get one free. So mm -hmm. we do $40 all day. It was, yeah, they so were $20 you just, prints. You just divide 7,000 by 40 yeah. and, uh, and whatever that your, is. Yeah. Whatever that is. Here, I can do that really quick. So anyways, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is social media is you're still there trying to get attention, trying to get people to come by. Not everybody there is, is there to see you at the, at the convention, but they're, Okay, so 250 people yeah. um, that you you had actual, like, real solid engagement with. Yeah. And, um, um, and I think that's, that's a better, gives you a better idea of what your true following is online. It's like 5%, 2% of your followers are actual fans. But the thing with a newsletter is those those people are much more engaged, much more um, uh, invested in you, and I think, um, I think with a with a, a newsletter, with an email that goes out, I I I did mine for every week for like two years, and then I dialed back this year, and this year I'm just doing it twice a month instead of weekly. And, Still amazing. Yeah, and and I I it's, it takes me two hours. I cannot get an email done under two hours. But I'm going in there and I'm writing stuff and I'm sharing inspiration and I'm, you know, and it's it's like a nice resource. People and it doesn't waste too much of their time. Like you can scroll through the thing in five minutes, but it is a good hearty five minutes of like, uh, you know, you're going to get something. Packed. Yeah, it's power packed, and I think that is obviously way more impactful than 
seeing a random Instagram post, double tapping the like, not even reading what I wrote underneath it and moving on with your day because you've got 50 other posts to like and, and to look at. Did you guys notice how Jake got you to sort of check out his newsletter inadvertently yeah. with telling that story? <laughs> so go to uh, mrjakeparker.com <laughs> and check out the newsletter. It's right over there on the side. Click on that and sign this, up. This is, just a, this is really just a hidden one-hour commercial. <laughs> let's answer stuff. some questions <laughs> let's let's get let's get down to why we're here okay uh okay first question comes in from rachel subject line i like it straight to the point she says i need money okay i'm a 28 year old artist who's looking for some guidance i lost my full-time illustration job a couple of years ago as a result of the lockdowns since then I've been bouncing between seasonal farm labor jobs and restaurant work to support myself while using most of my free time to draw and paint. I picked up small freelance projects, started a Patreon, and sold a few paintings, but I'm still struggling to pay the bills. I need to figure out a way to monetize my art, but I honestly have no idea what I'm doing. Hmm. Uh, I have a feeling that if I just keep on improving and working how I am, I will eventually find my way. I was wondering if you guys might have any advice for me to get there sooner as I'm rather poor and I need the money. I want to be able to support myself with my own projects eventually. And she says she just found us on YouTube and really likes what mm -hmm. we're doing, what we're doing. So if we look at her Instagram, she, said she gave us permission to, uh, to look at that. I'm going to pull it up and also go to a little her... bit of a Frazetta leaning heavily on figure drawing a little bit of a Frazetta mm -hmm. style. There's, there's a lot um, of characters that repeat as well. Well, this, I mean, I look, I saw this one right here and I'm like, okay, she has a very thorough understanding of anatomy. Like, like she can draw the figure like nobody's business. Those of you guys listening, we're looking at butts right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are at the uh, school of visual storytelling on naked, YouTube. naked fairies. Naked right? the, the problem, yeah. in my opinion, is she's too married to figure drawing, sort of showing off a little bit for figure drawing that that betrays some of the characters in terms of like like that. Go if you go back to that fairy couple, yeah, couple back, one. like there's no need to see all her abs and her mm -hmm. uh, serratus muscles and stuff like that that connect to the rib. I mean, it's like a fairy. Like, I think there's a little bit of showing off there with figure drawing. She's caught in the middle. Um, which I see a lot of people who transition from figure drawing to illustration. Mm -hmm. um, they all look like sort of an excuse to draw the figure versus mm -hmm. the figure supporting the mm -hmm. character and right. feeling your Where the gesture gotcha. is more important than the the details. Right. Yeah, yeah than making um, an interesting image. Correct. The, the other thing to think of here is it, as an illustrator, you know, it's a broad term, but like, you have to think of it in terms of you're you're going to make someone's life easier. Well, how are you going to make someone's life easier? Well, mm -hmm. someone that needs illustration done, you're you're hoping to be able to do something where they can check off one of the tasks they have, which is assign an illustration project. Well, why are they going to assign it to you instead of the tens of thousands of or if not hundreds of thousands of other illustrators? Mm -hmm. And then the reason is because you're going to show them in your portfolio the exact things that they need. Mm -hmm. Are you doing that? Do you know if you're doing that? I, mm -hmm. I look at this portfolio and I, I would say, I don't know who what who you're trying to work for or what 
what right. need you're trying to solve for someone. It's a great point that Will's making here. I think that there's another way to phrase it too that I've found helpful. And that is, where does this illustration go? I mean, that if, if you're mm-hmm. going to be a pro illustrator, your illustration, that's the one difference between a pro and an amateur is that your, your illustrations will always go somewhere. If, if I'm at an art fair, that work is going on somebody's living room wall. If I'm doing, if Jake's doing concept art, that's going in an animation. If, you know, Will's uh, doing his pickleball book, that book is going in a kid's hands. Um, and so there's a definite place for that it lives in one of those areas. And this, I mean, where would you guys say somebody would need this to go? Like what's its, what's yeah. its end place? And there is none. It's, it's mm-hmm. almost like drawing for exercise versus thinking about, is somebody going to hang it on the wall? Is somebody going to use it as, as some kind of concept art as a basis for building something else? Or is it going in a story that's uh, self-contained, like a book or a graphic yeah, novel? Is it going in a graphic novel? Is it going in a children's book? you got to create for the need. That right. way, the people that have the need can go, this person can make my life easier. This mm-hmm. person can solve my problems. Mm-hmm. No, you guys are yeah. all all dead on. I. The good news is, She's got chops. Like, she's yeah. good. Oh, she's yeah. really good. So stinking good. And I think I, I, I have a point I'm going to make, but I just want to pull up one thing here. Uh, where was that post? It was, yeah, here we go. D&D character commissions. So people play D&D and they hire artists to, it's actually kind of a cool thing. Like they hire artists to design their D&D character, the one that they've been playing with for years or whatever. And and I don't know how big people's D&D character budgets are, but to charge $25 for these gorgeous, yeah. amazing concepts is like criminal. Because mm-hmm. I know these aren't taking you an hour an hour to do, right? It, it, maybe if they do take an hour, you're getting paid $25 an hour for this like really nice character design. I would say charge $100 for one of these. Now you might get less uh, commissions, but you only have to do one <laughs> to make the same amount of money that you're having to do four. Um, and and maybe if you want to help some people out, you can say I'll work within your budget, and, and you know I'll I'll see if I get you. But I think you're you're way undercharging. Okay, so that was my first first point. Second point is I'm seeing the this um, series of uh, beasts that you're doing, and this. This stuff is so cool that mm-hmm. I I can't help but think that um, uh, there's some production somewhere that would hire you to be like a concept artist to do um, to do creature design or something like that. However, that's not like a business plan. I'm just going to do creatures designs, and any project that needs creatures is going to like hire me to do it. <laughs> what you do is you put this in part of as part of a, a overall portfolio of like concept art. And if we go to your art station portfolio, we look at this again. It's just like this hodgepodge of cool character designs and and sort of random sketches and stuff. And I think your your step one would be to organize all your art into a nice uh, cohesive portfolio where it's here's creatures, here's D and D characters, here's, right. um, uh, you know, here's character, like realistic character designs. And then your next step, I'm in like portfolio advice mo- mode because I've been doing all these portfolio reviews mm-hmm. for our power portfolio reviews. 
So then, then your next step is, so once you've got that sort of organized, then it's going to, you're going to start fleshing out this online portfolio a little bit better and a little bit deeper. And I want you to apply your amazing, uh, um, uh, what is this anatomy, uh, life drawing skills to making some actual fantasy covers, cover illustrations. Um, like this, I feel like this is Adam and Eve that you did here. Um, I want you to like do a cover for Conan the Barbarian or a cover for, you know, any one of these like fantasy novels and well, to just show to the, that you can you do that kind the, of stuff. If you go back to the Instagram page, she's got these characters, um, Moth and Spike. Mm-hmm. And uh, that one doesn't show the actual character that you pulled up there, but there's another one um, done seven weeks ago mm-hmm. that shows this character and this little creature. And, um, but I'm not seeing much development. Like, like you got these really great, two great characters. Um, and there's nothing else. That's the two characters there. Yeah. yeah. She's got a couple of different concepts of them. Like that one's a little bit more simplified, almost like a cartoony one. She's got a more painterly one. That's mm-hmm. a little more finished, more lowish, I guess, looking. Um, but then there's, no, they're not doing anything. Um, I never see them again, other than it looks like you're just drawing the character over and over. Uh, man, I want to see these characters start to do something because mm-hmm. they're they're very fleshed out. They're very um, engaging. They're mm-hmm. they're wonderfully drawn. Yeah. Um, so why am I not seeing her do something? Right. Yeah, that's another good another good note. Like here's a here's some comic pages, but that there one comic page. That's what I'm one comic at, yeah. page. Mm-hmm. I want to okay. see. I want to see a, a little bit of a story and stuff. So can you imagine if she had if she had like thirty pages like that page? Mm-hmm. And it was just posting them all the time. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and just saying, oh, by the way, if you want to support me on Patreon, I'm over here. You're going to see everything, you know, a, a month before they go online. You're going to be a part of the community, whatnot. Yeah. But I, I think that's your that's your thing is make a really solid portfolio that shows, hey, clients, art directors, here's how I can help you. Add to that portfolio, beef it up with some really solid like illustrative pieces that show i'm i'm either a cover artist or i'm like a concept artist that that can show you can do that stuff keep doing your personal project as well you know i want you to, i don't want you to neglect that because that's important too um to 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 keep you fresh and keep you excited about art as well and also you know this could be a kickstarter one day if you had uh, a graphic novel of this you, you know that's a forty thousand dollar kickstarter right Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and I think you're, 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 you're set, you're on your way and to, to getting back to that full-time, like, artwork. I, I, have, a, I work. have a theory and it's just now starting to form in my head. So I'm talking off the top of my head here, but I've done a couple of portfolio reviews, very similar to this. And we did one for even one of our employees about six weeks ago, very similar to this too. I don't know if you guys remember when we gave that um, that portfolio review, but what I'm seeing is a lot of very finished and very beautiful singular work. And then mm-hmm. the next post that, that this person does is totally different. Also good, yeah. but just totally different. Like, like a different, it might be a, a landscape versus a character or a different style. And I'm wondering, just like, again, off the top of my head, do you think this is the, the Instagramming effect 
Absolutely. where I just yeah. need to post something and yep. I drew something and here it is. Yeah. I want to show you in contrast. I'm not that I'm like the best example, but uh, I'm just I'm saying listening. I'm seeing this a lot. Like, like artists who are like that person we just showed could be a pro tomorrow. Like right. her skill set is as good as anybody. Right. But it looks really just unfocused. Okay. So uh came out with a spaceships book. So what do you see on my my timeline? You're gonna see me like sharing spaceships. That's a spaceship post. We've got uh a character from my spaceship. This is me sharing someone else's work, but in filtered in between some of these spaceship posts is like here's a robot back to my spaceships posts focused on spaceships focused on spaceships another character here another character here back to spaceships right so there's like this consistency we we dip out we we mix things up a little bit share some pins i designed but then we're back to spaceships again so you're seeing and these are like hardy posts i'm i'm sharing like 10 spaceships per yeah finished pages uh, yeah first per post then we go back uh to you know a couple of character designs but i'm staying in my lane it's all sci-fi related right yeah um and now you start seeing like here's a robot post uh, yeah, i mean you're not you're not doing post. like a thursday night figure drawing session in there and then a landscape painting right. and then doing a spaceship i mean it's this is all jake you know whether yeah. it's a character or even even some of the other stuff that's not even a drawing still kind of goes along with your brand mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. pretty well. Yep. But you notice I started in robots to lead up to the robots Kickstarter. This uh um um uh, this fourth of July piece that I've done. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys saw this, but I've been doing a fourth of July piece every year with this That's like cool. same character. Uh it's it's uh George Washington. No, Abe Washington Eagle is his name. And I started with him here and I did like all the iconic things of Americans. You got Air Jordans, you got a bandolier <laughs> with Coca-Cola on it. You've got a machine gun, you've got an American flag. It's over the top. You got Ray-Ban sunglasses, right? Uh, the next next year I did even more iconic Ameri American things. The moon landing, basketball, the Statue of Liberty with a, with a, um, uh, a boom box, right? Uh, hmm. airplanes t-rex the t-rex was discovered in in the united states so so then i, I just keep yeah and so it's like true what's that t-rex was discovered in the united yeah, states t-rex was discovered in the united states we i mean they that. lived all over the world but the original tyrannosaurus rex was discovered in the u.s so i'm claiming it as an american icon and uh and i'm and now i've got these four characters uh statue of liberty Abe Washington Eagle, the moon lander guy, and my cowboy T-Rex. And it's to the point now where like my daughter is like, um, so like, are they a thing? Is like Moon Man and and Statue of Liberty a thing? I'm like, yeah, there, there's something going on there. <laughs> but <laughs> the point is, is is I'm not just posting these characters on a white background by themselves. Like I'm starting to tell somewhat of a of a story or a vibe with them right and that's right. just one aspect of everything else that i'm doing like the robots all sort of contribute to a single universe my robots exist in the same universe as my spaceships with which exist in the same universe as um skull chaser which exists in the same universe as missile mouse who was a graphic novel i came out with 10 years ago um and so uh i think to get what Lee's saying is um, 
you want to build fans. You want to get people excited about your work. You want to make things that people purchase and, and engage with. You have to kind of, whether you have a plan or not, it's got to look like you've got a plan. <laughs> it's got to look like you're, 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 you're deliberately doing this and it's not hobby time. You know, it's not just whatever, whatever feels. And that actually goes to a, the video I wrote yesterday that I have to scrap. But um, anyways, um, that last part, <laughs> I don't think is directed specifically to Rachel and more to in general illustrators mm -hmm. out there. Um, I think what Lee's point was of the hodgepodge nature of things, but, um, yes. but I think overall, Rachel, you definitely are in a good, good position to pop and to really get, um, to get some, get working again. Mm -hmm. I'm amazed at the skill sets of all these illustrators. I mean, they're just so, so good. So they good. just focus a little bit. It's so amazing. Good. Maybe we hey. shouldn't tell them because we're going to like, tell people how to do this stuff and then they're going to beat us out of all the jobs. Uh, I, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. Good point. So let's, should we do the next one? Let's do it. Next question. Let's do it. Okay. They asked to not have their name used on the air. Subject line is leaving the faith in parentheses. How do I get out of the religious niche? Hey guys, you talked in a previous episode about not making art preachy and I've been guilty of this. Um, I want to clarify that though. I think our point there was there's there's a cost to making preachy art, but there's also a benefit to making preachy art, right? So um make, making art that's overly didactic, whether it's religious or it's political or it's moral or whatever, is gonna just turn off people because people, some people don't want a sermon. There's also other people who need a sermon and who want to use a sermon to help other people, right? So if you make a very didactic book that teaches a very specific moral, there is an audience for that. Someone's going to buy that and they're going to use it to teach a lesson in their home with a child, right? Or they're going to buy it to make them feel better, like they're contributing to this particular cause or they're supporting a particular artist or genre, right? So I, I didn't want to say like it's blanket bad that you make preachy artwork, but I just think there's consequences to that. Would yep. you guys say that? Can I add to that a little bit and say mm -hmm. whenever I've talked about it, I think there's a big difference between like your your values are going to come through through your art, right? Whatever your values are. Yeah. And I think that's natural. I think that's good. Mm -hmm. When you're telling a story, if your goal in the beginning is to preach at the expense of the story that those those books or those stories are, tend to fall flat compared to the stories where the story is first and the lesson that comes almost reveals itself and the author often didn't set out to write a story mm -hmm. with that uh value mm -hmm. right so 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 the story's first you're telling a great story and oh, there's happens to be lessons that get revealed, and and maybe the audience picks up on those lessons, and maybe they don't mm -hmm. because they're so involved and engrossed in the story. Mm -hmm. So, so when I talk about preachy stories or preachy art, it's more where the the main idea or the the focus was on the pre the the preaching and not on the story, right? Yeah. 
I, I also um, it makes me think of it's a tale of two movies, right? So you have, um, you have the director who created Barbie and wrote the the script, and you have mm-hmm. the and she's the same director Greta Gerwig who who did um, Little Women, and both mm-hmm. are feminist movies, right? Both have a, a strong feminist message. Mm-hmm. One of them is so ham fisted and and in your face that it's it's almost like it does a worse job at like making making the point it's almost laughable and one of them is so uh brilliantly done and you feel so much for the women in that film that you you actually you know you want as a man you want to do better to you know to 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 make life better for women you want to you know work on that cause or whatnot i took my family to see barbie and there's a whole section of barbie where the kens make the kingdom mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like we they turn barbie land into like this super macho awesome place for dudes to live in right mm-hmm. and my boys walked out of that movie taking all the wrong lessons from it and they're like we got to do that at our house dad we got to get the the leather uh couches and the you know and the 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 dry bar or the you know the bar in the in the living room and the boom boxes and the big cars and everything and i was like no no guys the point of there was it, it's not cool and it's not fun he's all no I... That's awesome. anyways so i'm just saying sometimes when you get over overly uh like the message message is too blatant sometimes it can be it can be taken the wrong way so mm-hmm. back to the the question um, I've done several personal projects and one freelance children's book, on, all on topics related to religion. I really want to leave this behind and make art that is more appealing to the masses. So get out of that niche and and get into more more broad appeal. I am in the process of building up my portfolio, but I'm wondering if I should include my illustration projects with religious themes. I know having art with the same character and having a finished book can be valuable when looking for work, but is it better to leave that out and start fresh? since I don't want more work like this. Okay, what do you think? Do uh and she she didn't want us you know sharing her her portfolio right. online, but we can we can look at it uh privately with us. And and I think it doesn't that, feel overly religious to me. Yeah, I'm wondering if this this question was submitted a month ago, so I'm wondering if um if she's since, you know, removed a bunch of that stuff from from her from her website. Because all I see on her website is, uh, you know, typical kind of, not, I don't want to say typical, but like what you would expect a, a children's book um, illustrator to to put on their, on their website. That yeah. said, I mean, I'm going to offer probably advice you wouldn't think would come from me. I'm not that religious, but I think if she's done a finished book uh, and it has a couple of sequential spreads in it, that needs to be in there. That's the one thing mm-hmm. I'm not seeing. Right. Um, I, I don't think one project is going to label you as this kind of illustrator or that. Yeah. Um, if everything is leaning one way, then that will definitely do that. Mm-hmm. But she's got a good variety, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think she's overthinking it a little bit. And um, I don't think you need to totally downplay, you know, all the Jesus books that you made. But you can, if you did really good illustration work for that show it off because an art director can see through 
mm-hmm. um, and an editor can kind of see through the uh, subject matter and look at like, okay, what is this artist actually doing? What is this artist actually bringing to the table? That um, I mean, David that... Hone's a great example. He's done a couple of, he's one of our teachers and a great illustrator, and he's done mm-hmm. a few religious projects, but he's also done regular projects. Nobody would label him a religious illustrator, but he's done a couple of religious projects. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the, I, the oh, go ahead, Will. I was just going to say, I think that if, if I were giving a critique on this portfolio, I would say that in general, most of these um, illustrations are really lacking an interesting story mm-hmm. to, to me. Like there, there are things that we've seen before, you know, um, that are predictable and, there, while there, there's some really good um, drawing, some good characters, some good color. All of those things are things that you know. Again, if I'm an art director, I'm looking to hire somebody. I can find good color. I can find good characters in just about everybody's portfolio. What I'm really looking for is someone that's telling interesting stories mm-hmm. and doing it, like you said, Lee, sequentially, so that I feel yeah. like they can hold a character. Um, they can show complex human emotion in those characters that they're holding from image to image and also actions, you know, is there Mm -hmm. good, is there good action? Cause that's what I'm, as an art director, I'm going to have a story that's going to require those things. And I want to see it demonstrated before I feel comfortable hiring you. And it goes back to, uh, we've said this many times, but I'll say it again, like you either illustrate something that has such a cool interesting story to it and maybe your illustration level isn't like your your quality level isn't that uh you know could could be subpar right or you are such so good at making beautiful images that the story part doesn't matter right. and um and so i'm looking at these two i'm looking at the two images right here the tooth fairy one Versus mm-hmm. the one where the girl's walking through the, um, the the sort of the gate with all the, the sort of festivals of lights type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about there? Mm-hmm. The festival of light image, no story really happening there. You know, oh, you know, it's, <coughs> right. it's Will's thing where it's like, tell the story that this image, well, this girl walked to, to the festival of lights and, and what happened? <laughs> Nothing. And the but tooth- you have to, in order to do mine, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta say, guys, guys. Yeah, guys, guys. Guess what? Guys. Guess what? A, a girl, girl <laughs> walked through an arch into a festival of lights, and then your friends are like, "Yeah, and what, well, that's what, what happened? That's what happened. She did. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the tooth fairy one, there's a story happening there. It's these two tooth fairies working out in a in the gym, and all the weights are different sized teeth. And, and it's like, guys, guys, I went to this, you know, I, I saw this tooth fairy gym and you just start describing it. And like, this one, one fairy could barely lift this giant tooth, right? Like that's more of a story. That's more something interesting. interesting. So, so between those two, you can do the, the girl walk to the festival of lights if it's drop dead gorgeous. And you're just like, oh, look at all that detail. Um, but I think the level that you're at, you got to lean on story a little bit harder mm-hmm. um, until you can get to that point where your color work is, like I said, drop dead gorgeous. 
You know, it's funny when I see images like this one, this Festival of Lights one. It's a, so so describe it to the the listeners. There's a, this big, almost kind of like a, a kind of a Chinese entryway gate. Archway thing. Archway yeah. kind of thing. And our characters, we're looking at the character from the back. She's walking towards it. And it's almost mystical and magical. There's all these lights and stuff. So it's either a festival, but it could be something more than that. I'm thinking of that. Um, what was that animation? Coco. Yeah, Coco. Um, mm-hmm. And you get those kind of, kind of scenes like it's a it's a it's literally a gateway between dimensions or something like that mm-hmm. all you need to do to to add to almost any illustration is just think of something like will was saying just describe something happening like if you added one character like uh i'm just making this up but like like a ghostly kind of character kind of beckoning our main character who's walking into this mm-hmm. scene now all of a sudden we've got a reason for her to be walking that way or something like maybe they're getting ready to light some giant firework. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's going there, but it means there's got to be something. And right. and all you need to do for that is add the smallest of things to give her a reason to be going in there. Right. Yeah. It's exactly. not much. Yeah. Uh, I'm just surprised more people don't do it because it's so small. All you need is just like, why is she going that way? If you just ask that question, why is she walking that way? Yeah. You can answer that a million and there's little, ways. There's little things like, why is she wearing a coat when it's warm? Mm-hmm. You know, like her, and then the anatomy, hands, gesture, mm-hmm. anatomy of footwear, just, it it starts to, there's more detail on flowers than there is on the main character. Right. And so that's what I think what you were talking about, Jake, is like, if everything is, working in an academic way, color, mm-hmm. drawing, design, light, you can you can have less story because you're going to shock and awe people with your um, your craftsmanship and your, you know, it's like color and everything. The mid-journey things we were looking at before we started the episode. Yeah. Like, there's some really amazing artwork that, People and, are busting out. And that brings up a good another good point. Are you going to be able to shock and awe people with your talent in color and drawing with mid-journey out there? I don't think so. I think you gotta, I think everyone needs to lean on story more. Yeah. yeah. I tell you, but if you don't, I mean, I've been I'm actually talking about this at the SCBWI conference. Again, another just blatant self-plug. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be over by the time people hear this. But let me I want to share my screen because if you're gonna go down that route and it is a valid route to go you could have you can paint anything but you if it's going to be a boring scene like a like a like a rooftops in in italy or spain or something this is i'm showing an artist name uh i think his name is mark league mm-hmm. leg l-a-g-u-e look him yeah. up it's incredible and he's playing with light and texture and color and there is no storytelling there's no concept it's but he's just a such a pro at the mm-hmm. the 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 real concept is the paint application, yeah, and the ability to to just interpret the world in wow. this way, right? Um, and that's his that's his hook, and that's equally valid. So, like uh, either Will or Jake just said, like the more you leave story off, the better you have to be at the other side of it. It's just making a drop dead gorgeous scene right. that doesn't require the story. Mm-hmm. Wow, and if you. If you're if you make drop dead gorgeous stuff and do a story, you're oh. essentially a French artist working in the comics, the French comics industry. <laughs> you're a pro. <laughs> you're not you're not asking these questions if you have both of those things because mm. you're too busy working. You're not listening right. to us. <laughs> All right, let's do our last question here. 
this comes from Estrella, and the subject is passive income. Hi, guys. Long-time listener. Since your second episode. Wow. Boom. Uh, this is episode 170, by the way. Do you guys <laughs> realize how long we've been doing this? Okay. I have to say your podcast has been one of my most important tools in getting into the industry. So I appreciate your time doing it for all of us. I've been listening a lot about uh, creating passive income and I tried it for a while with no success. I currently work in the kidlet industry, creating picture books, but I would love for my store to become a more reliable source of income. So when I went on maternity leave last year, I managed to upload some images to Society6 based on some illustrations I made for my daughter's bedroom. I tried to create the theme a theme and a brand like uh, Will usually talks about, but I have to say my story's gotten almost no sales since I launched last year. Maybe I didn't promote it much. Maybe Society6 is not the place for, for it. I'm not sure. I'm afraid to get into Etsy as I would have to manage all the printing. Should I buy a really great printer and risk not selling? And delivery. I already have so little time available, only four hours of work while my daughter is, is uh, with a minder. And then the rest of the time I spend with our little family. So any tips on how to make a stronger brand and sell better online for passive income? I'm not sure my art is any good for any more than children's publishing. Your insights would be much appreciated. Then she has links to her Society6 and to her, mm -hmm. her website, which we can... Well, if you're talking Society6 while you're pulling that up, Jake, yeah, um, I need to do a whole whole YouTube on this, but you're not going to make any passive income on society six or any of those, mm -mm. um, portfolio, uh, or sorry, print on demand based sites. Mm -hmm. They take too much money. For they example, if you money, do yeah. 11, yeah. yeah. If you do an 11 by 14, print, you got to charge example, 30 bucks for a t-shirt. Well, yeah, the prints are even worse. I mean, they, they already like your cost to get a print made is like 30 bucks, 25 bucks. I mean, it's up there. And then whatever you add on top of that is the money that you get to keep from society mm -hmm. six. So you're so free you to charge, charge 35 anything. bucks. You might make $5 while they make $30. It's yeah. horrible, mm -hmm. but there is a place for it. I don't want to say that there's no reason to do that. The only time that you should ever use society six is not for passive income. It's for um, testing your product and mm -hmm. seeing if people will buy it. And seeing if there's a, a an image that people prefer. So basically you're doing your proof, proof of concept phase. You mean like you can, uh, you can use them to get prototypes of your, of what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. You might like put, say for example, if I was an artist and I'm like, Hmm, I want to sell prints. So I'll put 10 images on society six, see if there's one or two that more people gravitate towards and what's the price you can play with your price point. Oh, what if I charge 50 bucks? Oh, nobody bought it. Mm -hmm. Okay. What if I charge 40 bucks? Oh, people started to buy it. You can sort of product test there. And then once you figure out your business model, like people want this kind of image from me and they'll pay this much. That's when you start saying, okay, I'm going to buy my own printer, produce these prints and make some real money. Mm -hmm. Her work the, is super solid. Yeah. The good really news is good. no critique on the artwork. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, her work is that's not very, what's holding you back. Is very, it's not your art. Well, I, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on that a little bit. There's uh, no, I agree with you that the art is really good. Selling stuff, remember what I was saying earlier that there's a place for your artwork to go. Mm -hmm. And she's built all this artwork to go in a book. That does not translate to I've never sold a print from an image I made for a book. Right. Not one time. Mm. It's all, it's always made to go on the wall. That's a different kind of artwork. And so if there's looking, she's looking to do prints or something like that, that's passive. 
it's a different kind of art. Who, would you hang that on your wall? It's gorgeous. This work she's doing. It's like perfect mm -hmm. for a graphic novel mm -hmm. or a children's book. Mm -hmm. You'd never hang that on your wall. It's a different kind of work. Yeah. Uh, here's what she really is in a, in a tough situation because she's got four hours a week or four hours a day, I think is what she said. Um, uh, four hours a day to do everything that she's got to do illustration and unfortunately we we live in a time now where artists have to be their own self-promoters they have to be their own project managers they have to be you know they have to do all the hats uh while also being killer illustrators too um so i I think leads on to something like you're not gonna you you are gonna be more profitable on an Etsy, uh, having an Etsy shop, if you're able to make some artwork that's a little bit more uh, Etsyable, which I think like this stuff it's decorative, absolutely. but she could lean into that and make like uh, you know uh, a, I mean she's got a couple of sort of almost like patterns here. So, mm -hmm. you know, have some have some patterns that would work for kids. It's not just a character base. Characters mm -hmm. are the least likely thing for someone to buy who's not an animator mm. or an illustrator. It's the least right. likely. That's why if you look at the stuff that I have on my website, leewhiteillustration.com, since we're <laughs> promoting, <laughs> the characters, as I started to sell stuff online, got smaller and smaller and smaller. They are barely even a blip on my prints now. Um Go to my go to my Instagram real quick, Jake. Oh, oh no, this is a good one. Look how small that character is in the scene. Mm -hmm. It's just a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent that the character takes up. Typically, with bigger environments. Um, if you go to my Instagram, I posted one yesterday uh, for some artwork that I'm doing for this condo that I bought, and it is um, a perfect example of that. Go to that third one over. That one. Mm -hmm. You see the character there? Yeah. That's going to be a canvas on my wall. Um, awesome. And yeah, it's that's so. What you're size. saying is, people want to decorate their homes with with landscapes and buildings and all the well, stuff, normal stuff you see, and you can just add mm -hmm. little characters just to I'm, take it from fine art into sort of illustration. I'm going to pull up um, this here, um, baby or nursery decorations, right on Pinterest. Uh, nursery decor. Perfect. ideas right okay so we're gonna go there and we're gonna see what's on the wall here giraffes okay. and plants Characters. and books yeah and... so usually what people do is they're like they pick a theme right for the for the for the children's room but what i'm always seeing is little messages that are that are cutely illustrated so this one says mm -hmm. born to be wild and it's a whole like jungle theme right um so if you made like a set that's like on a theme like that let's see this one yeah. says i got it from mom from my mama alphabets are really big wild child right if you like come I mean, up with really, a theme, really like, just pulling up some of this stuff like you're doing like okay so look at that wallpaper that's in that third one over on the right hand side this one? so simple yeah now that stuff will sell all day long more than yeah. a character will yeah but if you're going to do a character it can be like if you go go back up to those stickers on the left uh, first one on the left. So that's the kind of, it's not necessarily a character design more as it is uh, a decoration. Right. So I'm, I'm like, uh, yeah, you want to go down this route, pick a theme under the sea, right? You're going to do five prints that are maybe ones like all the sea animals 
uh, with letters. So letter A for uh, an alpha fish, letter B for beta fish, letter C for uh, um, chicken fish or whatever. Don't be doing uh, some woke fish on here. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, and then you're going to do uh, uh, a, another print that says under the sea in really decorative, cool handwriting. And you're going to do like uh, a, a one that's just coral, right? And you're going to do one that's just, um, a f- you know, some cool underwater fish or whatever. And that's your that's your one theme. Then you're going to do another one that's like in the into the woods. And it's the same thing, but it's all wood themed. And then you're going to do like cars and trucks. And it's for, you know, the boys room and it's all car and truck themed. And, and I think that right there is like a really legitimate, like Etsy business that you could do, but that's right. In four hours a day to ship orders and all that stuff, you're going to need a partner, someone who you work with and say, Hey, I got all the art. You're going to do all the shipping and everything. We're going to split everything 50, 50. You're going to do all the marketing. I'll post on my socials what's needed. And I think that's how you make some passive income is getting mm-hmm. a partner. Well, the, the other way there is to get, um, you know, shipping is not a hard job, but it's time consuming. So mm-hmm. I would, I would, I would argue with Jake there and say, hire that out to a high school uh, junior or senior mm-hmm. or somebody who's home for college in the summer and, uh, you know, minimum wage kind of job for them. And, uh, you know, you ship out on one day per week. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, yeah, maybe what you do is you take, uh, you take some time to figure out the whole process yourself, take the extra time. So then you can train someone to do that. Mm-hmm. I have my daughter actually help me. She's, she's figured out, uh, or I've taught her the whole shipping thing. She's a college student. It's the perfect okay. part-time job for her. And I just pay her, you know, an hour and she comes in for three hours a week, ships everything and gives me an invoice at the end of the week or at the end of the month and uh, cut her a check and, and, and she's off on her way. Right. Um, The other idea is to completely hands off everything, put together um, a, a package of, or a portfolio of all this kind of, decorative stuff that you've done because you definitely have an inclination towards it. You have an eye for it. It's a part of your world decorating nurseries um, or, or children's rooms. And you start searching for a licensing agent who can go and get you um, some licensing deals to put that stuff on target um, shower curtains and and bedrooms and stuff or, or, or whatever, whatever they, they, um, uh, wherever that stuff is, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't. I haven't bought nursery stuff. In a, it's good in advice, about. though. I mean, I almost want to do that because I'm since I'm making this tarot deck, which is a year long project. Love to. I I just can't believe I haven't done more pattern stuff because every time I get into mm-hmm. it, I really enjoy it because coming up with stories is really hard, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Like I after four or five hours of trying to do story, I'm exhausted. But mm-hmm. doing patterns and stuff, you can do them all day. You can listen, w- listen to a movie or listen to music while you're doing it. It's just kind of fun. I think I'm yeah. going to take that advice, maybe do it into the woods or under the sea kind of <laughs> thing. That'd be fun. I like that. Yeah. The, the the saddest thing about this whole thing is now my Pinterest is just going to show me nothing but nursery ideas for the next <laughs> week. <laughs> I have such a I I have such dumb jokes that I tell my son that I've gone uh-huh. into super dad joke mode. And then when, every time I you mentioned the under the sea print, 
I pictured like a, like just a giant letter C in a fishing boat and then everything else under in, in the water. So I don't know if that's a you worthy know, illustration, but that the... could be uh, another thing like puns, just a pun, a, a nursery pun decoration. You know, we'll do it. How many could it, I, that one's an easy one, but can you come up with another one? Um, under the C would be a C. Yeah. Be yourself. And, but it's a, it's a B. It's like okay, a, okay, it's possible. Yeah. Um, I can't bear it. I love you so much. <laughs> and it's a big bear. I like it. I love this, actually. Can we, hey, Daniel, don't put this in. This is my idea now. I <laughs> <laughs> should take it. I love Indeed. that idea. That's so funny. Well, I, this I episode, really like that. this episode airs in a week. So you, uh, you have a week to get it. To get all right, it all dialed get it, in, get it by the domain trade, name, trademark it. <laughs> yeah. All right, I think we're I think we're done. And amazing, these three uh, people are so so great. They're so I, good. So good. It's it's they're right at the edge of being incredibly successful. I think with a little bit of portfolio tweaking. Yeah. And focus. Well, I mean, Estrella's just nailing it in children's books she's really got a good style but she's so close to figuring out how does she apply that to this passive income thing i think yeah. i think she's she's gonna do it all right should i uh should i take us out anything else you guys want to add no that was okay. good okay uh thanks for joining us everybody three point perspective is made possible by svslearn.com where becoming a great illustrator starts your hosts are Will Terry, Lee White, and I'm Jake Parker. And you can find Will Terry at Will Terry Art. You can find Lee White at Lee White Illo. And you can find me on my newsletter. It's uh, you just go to mrjakeparker.com and subscribe to that newsletter. You're going to absolutely love it. And you can unsubscribe anytime. Um, do you guys want to plug anything else while you're, while you're there? Naked Robots. <laughs> go to nakedrobots.com. No, wait. No, don't do that. <laughs> It's like Patriots. naked cars. Like <laughs> they're just they're already they don't they're not clothing things. Okay, anyways, podcast produced by Daniel Two. You can find his work at Daniel Co. It's Daniel Tu.co. Uh special thanks to our show notes, Wrangler Lily Howell, our chief operations officer, Lisa Fott. Now go draw something. can't believe how good i don't want to get into this right now never mind uh-oh <laughs> well, you kind of started just leave hanging i leave can't leave that like that dangling Mid Chad. sentence i was like put on the brakes put on the brakes okay i can't believe how what let's hear it how good some of these ai uh artists are getting at ai you mean at, yeah at like did i call them ai artists Prompt generators, people. <laughs> Typers, they they type. Yeah, let me typist. just show you. AI really, typist. AI typist. Let me show you this really quick. I while you're pulling it up, I scolded somebody yesterday for um for AI. You did. Well, they were on Instagram, and it was obviously it was Midjourney, and mm -hmm. they were writing all the hashtags: Photoshop, Painter, Illustrator. 
yeah. concept art, you know, all the stuff except for mid journey and AI. And I'm like, <laughs> Hey, 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 <laughs> You're like, listen, you gotta, you gotta be truthful here. If you Dude, look at this so good. Yeah. That's like incredible. that almost looks like lowish. Wow. But with a little bit more, uh, kind of anime stylization. But yeah. Man, and nice. like they got the fingers right. Like, oh my goodness. Look at that grip on the bow. That's mm -hmm. pretty nice. Very subtle. Look at that. I mean, that's wow. better than I could do. I'd put that hand right in a pocket. That's how I'm I would, just that's, like, that's the one I would do with the mitten. Yeah. This how much is work those... do you think the artist had to do? Um, so I'm, I've messed around with it just to see how much work this is. Uh -huh. And to bust this out, what they did here today, this is like three to four hours of work. That's it, huh? Yeah. Wow, man. There's like, what, 20 different images, all usable, everyone. Yeah. And you could combine it them. I mean, they're just... I mean, I mean, for every perfect. one of these that work, I'm, I'm guessing there's like five that are five go to back ten. Up, go back up for a second. I just want to uh, point out. Go back up. Scroll back up. I'm going to stop. Right there. Stop on that one. Look at the boot there. That's almost like, like just the folds and stuff. That is such a unique, um, and just it's just funny that the computer figured out to have those folds and those kind right. of wrinkles in the boot. That's amazing. This one is kind of a mess, though. Like, bows don't work like that. <laughs> well, I mean, it didn't get everything, but man, it's it's ninety percent. You get rid of that string and redo mm. the string, it's done. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's I terrifying. wonder. I, I mean, there's so many like little artifact stuff in here. Like, there's an almost an arrow there, and the mm -hmm. string isn't straight. Where I'm like, if you just took it into Photoshop. I'm wondering if this person even knows how to use Photoshop. Like you could just clean everything well, would, up. Yeah, 10 minutes on that one and you're done. It's kind of weird that the ear is a different value than the face on that one, but mm -hmm. like pretty good, man. Wow. Anyway, this is this is just I mean, this person's whole thing is full of like they've just sort of nailed. Okay, here's my question. Here's my question though to you guys. Golly, that's nice. Never mind. It's awesome. What were you gonna I was say? Gonna try, I was gonna say, so you're you're an AI generator, but you can't draw this stuff. Like for us, if we were gonna use you know mid journey or something like this, it would be inspiration. Like, oh, that's cool lighting, or that's a cool, cool color balance, and then we'd go make our own thing, right? And that's part of the joy of being an artist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How long would this hold your attention if you're just like, okay, refresh, recreate that? Okay, oh, that's a good one. Recreate that. Recreate. Would that be satisfying enough? Is the results? where the enjoyment is or is it the process of where the and and the knowledge of getting better at something i mean you're just kind of slingshotting yourself to these results and there's only results right there's no process involved right i mean maybe, maybe you're messing around with the key commands or what whatnot but i mean every couple months i mess with it just so i know what i'm talking about right and mm -hmm. what i've found is it's sort of like um you know it's it's like a it's almost like a, a a drug that simulates you know genuine feelings that you would normally have with a with by doing like fun wholesome activities right so like you get a rush mountain biking 
there's some adrenaline there, right? Mm -hmm. You earn that adrenaline rush. You earn that endorphin you get a hit. Bigger rush playing pickleball, but anyway, continue. Yeah, pickleball, whatever. But there's drugs that can simulate that. You take a, you know, you you, you shoot up or or whatever. You take a pill, and boom, you're feeling that, you know, without doing anything. Minutes. Well, is it, so. This is more like I'd say the analogy would be the slot machine endorphin, right? You exactly. key in your stuff and you press enter and you're like, oh baby. And then it, it comes up into and that you're like, because, oh, hit. Yeah, because you're like, okay, I'm putting in these prompts and, and then you're massaging them and you're getting back really good results. And and you get this feeling like, oh, I made this. Like, And I, you post it um, and people are like, hey, you are amazing too. And you get yeah. that little bump of... of but I got to say, man, this is next level quality. This is so good. I, I would love it's to see so an animation good. done in this style. Yeah. The, it's almost the like problem Miyazaki here, though, with, is uh, like, I don't know if, you know, if I was an art director looking at this and being like, and, and, and working with this person, I'd be like, okay, this is great. Now I need, you know, I, I'm going to need five of these buildings to be blue. I don't know if they can... <laughs> Well, you but know, that's easy because all, all you need, all you need is a, think about the difference there. I mean, that's a good point to bring up is that you got a concept artist to do this originally, right? Back in before all this, and and they're expensive because they can do it all. They can come up with it from scratch. They can draw it, and then of course they can paint it too. So you got the whole pipeline in one person, a very mm -hmm. expensive person. Now you have a cheap AI uh, dude who's keying this stuff in, gets it to where we are now. And then you need one of those buildings removed and the rest of them, you know, a couple of them to be blue. Like you said, that goes to a production level, a student almost level Photoshop mm. artist. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. You know, mm. you're halfway there with the thing already built, a modifying something's easy coming up with it from scratch and painting this from scratch. And with all that broken paint and all that broken color, I mean, landscape artists spend years learning how to break color like that. I know. Yeah. I mean, this is why it's so frustrating and just bad because it's taking the years of work that all these artists have done and putting them in the hands of anybody. Well, yeah. I hate to say it, but like the the person I scolded yesterday, she's how did you know that it was mid-journey? And honestly, the answer is because it was the stuff that's mid-journey is better. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, it it's does, true. No, it's so polished. I, I was on uh, uh, Instagram and somebody was posting and it popped up in my feed and it was obviously mid-journey and people were commenting about how great of a painter she was. And I looked at the image and the, you know, what she wrote and stuff. And it was all just basically claiming sort of that she painted it, not correcting anybody that she made this art. And I wrote her a private oh. message saying, Hey, that's anybody who knows anything knows that that's mid journey. And it's just a dangerous, you're treading, you just tread carefully. But if you're trying to get pro work and you're posting this along with your paintings and not making any distinction when one's mid journey mm. and one's actual painting. And mm -hmm. she thanked me. She was super cool about it. Um, you know, to some people, they might think, how would anybody know? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, these are so gorgeous. I can barely stand it. That is so that's, that's like Frazetta mixed with Miyazaki, yeah. mixed with my goodness. Yeah. Well, wow. And so what are people typing in to get something like this? I can't do it. every time no. I type something in, it's a so, disaster. So I'll I'll tell you, um, there's it's not as easy as just typing in uh, a thing. So there's like these different levels of stuff that you can do and different tools that you can do. Mm -hmm. and not not tools, but like 
options that you could do. So you can generate an image, then tell Midjourney to take one of those images and say, um, use this image as a base and mm. add these prompts to that image, mm. right? So essentially what they're doing is they're they're messing around, they're getting something, you know, and it's it's maybe photorealistic. And then they're switching from mid-journey to nin-journey, uh, I think is what it's called, which is more of like a anime filter that they've what trained with anime filters. And it's, I mean, it's convoluted and it's like tricky. Is it, with, is it within mid-journey? Yeah, it's all within mid-journey. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know if that was a separate app or not. I got to check that out. I mean, I it's been, uh, you know, eight weeks since I've messed, messed around with it. And I got some really interesting results just to see, okay, what can somebody who, you know, sits down for, looks up some tutorials and sits down for an afternoon, what can they come up with? Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, okay, I could see, you know, if you had a weekend, you could really generate some really interesting stuff. And uh, and so it, it comes back to, well, what's the point? What's the point of art? <laughs> what's the point of creating? If, uh, if you know, I- anybody can sit down and do this. And you look at this stuff, and it is really cool, and it's really pretty, but are you seeing anything refreshing and new? Like, brand new? Like, anything that, like, has surprised you the only thing that surprised you in all this is that ai created it but it's Mm -hmm. it's all stuff that is i think is derivative Mm -hmm. essentially and so it's derivative but it's slightly better like that's that's stuff that you just showed those some mm -hmm. of those landscapes were I would arguably, in my opinion, better than 99% of the work I've ever seen. <laughs> That's a nervous laugh that. right there. I hate to say that. I mean, what do you yeah. think? Am I wrong? Am I wrong about that? But I'm I'm saying what I'm thinking is does does a Mike Mignola or a Mobius or a Picasso or you know a, a Norman Rockwell come out of the AI art world? You know, one of these one of these real standout, unique, influential artists, or does it just keep making stuff, variations on stuff we've already created? I don't know. You give one of those artists, again, in the, in the hands of people who can't do anything, it's a mm-hmm. standalone app. In the yeah. hands of Mike Magnolia, start him with that image and see what he does with it. I mean, like, you know what I mean? It's like, if he uses mm-hmm. that just as a tool... And he's already got this big monster skill set and an aesthetic that he's built up over years. Oh man, now you're now you're talking about something very special. So yeah. at, at the end of the day, I mean, I guess the argument is for and against the same thing. Who cares how it was made if the storytelling and emotion can be put into it? But right now it's sort of just a pretty, it's like a pretty filter that you press the button and you get something pretty. That's just the starting point, though. None of those images you showed. Mm-hmm told a story of any right. kind. They just, so it's a background setting and it's gorgeous. And now, right. now what happens in that city that that's interesting. Yeah. Then you, you, it needs to go through the hands and through the mind of a storyteller. Right. And, and they need right. to make something substantial with it other than just, right. Hey, look at all my pretty pictures, like make something out of it. 
and it doesn't give specific stuff. It looks like, like if you said, you know, to AI, like that pretty, really pretty Mediterranean village, if you said, give me a bike rider riding down the street with a baguette in a basket uh, and three dogs following him, would it, mm -hmm. could it figure out where that, to, how to do that? Or, I mean, somebody would have to do that. Like at some point I would think a manual override has to come in that stuff. I don't know. I think too, like the other thing is like make artwork that's that just can't be confused with AI. You know, like make make come up with a style, come up with a project, I, come up with a story where I'll, I'll bet that over time that's gonna be impossible. Maybe like you could make art great art without using AI, but I don't think that you'll be able to convince people that you didn't especially if it's really well done. Well, I think I think that that's where you have to start recording process to yeah. prove that and even then it's it's dubious but yeah, I just I just you know, some you guys... people when when we first started using Photoshop there were a lot of, you know, traditional painters that were like, "Oh, it's digital." And you know what? I would say this, if you can if you can paint like like so like those those land, uh, those landscapes with uh, the buildings, you know, with the mm -hmm. with the city that you were showing. Yeah, if you could paint those in oil, just like that, you know, with mm -hmm. you know, had complete mastery. That person, I am sure, given the, enough time in Photoshop or or Painter, would be able to say, yeah, it's easier to do digitally, right? Mm -hmm. So my point is, we've already kind of gone through this, right? <laughs> where are you really painting or are you you're moving a a wand you know and you're mm -hmm. you, you know it was a step it was a step in this direction already going digital yeah um, i just wonder how much control you have over it. like i think i think having ai making a landscape a pretty landscape is going to be easy for the software i just sent you guys to my these two tarot deck i'm doing one tarot deck per week image mm -hmm. And, um, and they're so specific. They have to be a certain way for the concept to work. I wonder if the AI could be that specific to make these images. I just don't, I just don't see how that would be possible. Um, mm -hmm. See, that's the thing is you have to, I think in the order. The concept is so big. Yeah. I think in order for AI to do your style, you have to get something like stable diffusion where you upload all of your artwork mm. and and you train it and you know a little bit of code and you go in there and and you can kind of massage it into being the, the you know to doing what you do but at the end of the day like is that easier than or harder than rewrite some software to mimic myself <laughs> right let's say i'm working on my next pickleball paul book which i am mm -hmm. and let's say that i have a vision for one of the illustrations right mm -hmm. i can't possibly have mid-journey uh recreate my vision because the computer can't see my vision but right. will we get to a point where if i do a rough sketch and say here's where the person goes and here's where the main character goes and here's where the trees are and here's where the road goes and there's a school bus on it and, mm -hmm. and you know and i kind of just design it out for it really rough well do you think We'll ever get to a point where Midjourney would be able to flesh that out and just finish it in your style. I think so. Yeah, I, I think I think we're I think we're sooner rather than later. Yeah, close to that. But I do want if this does for some reason make it to the podcast, this banter, 
Did you notice how subtly me and Will both interjected our own personal projects into the conversation without you knowing? <laughs> I was going to say, I'm, I'm playing catch up. And, and my robots book, uh, it, it, it's good too. For example, could it do the spaceship that I drew on page 15? I'm right. going to show the camera. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's, let's go ahead and dive started. into this sucker. Let's get it started.